Welcome back to the Coastal Covers podcast. Here we are. We have week one in the books. Week zero, week one, all done. Um, Things going pretty well over here at the Coastal Cover podcast for myself, the GCG, and my co-pilot, Mike, who is going to be on a separate part two episode for this um, week two of college football gambling picks. Very exciting. Here we go. Um, Yeah, we're rolling along, Mike, with a really good record. Uh, I forget the exact number, honestly, right now, but he was about 10 games over 500 total. I was only two games over 500. I would like to point out just just for my own benefit, just for my own sanity, that I actually was 26, 20, and 1 in FBS versus FBS games. So um, my two games over 500, that's because I'm really fucking bad at guessing. And if I'm being honest, what I was doing was guessing in a lot of those FBS versus FCS games. Moving forward, um, to kind of save a little bit of time, be able to discuss the FBS versus FBF games a little more in depth, um, and to save our gambling records, even though Mike is a hell of a guesser, <laughs> um, you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna veer away from the uh, the guesses on those, and and you know especially these first few weeks. I mean, there's like 95 FBS versus FCS games this week. Um, our lines for those always come off of uh, odd sharks, so we're not even 100 sure how you know accurate those are to the actual books. Um, we're going to just pick FBS versus FBS games. And if we like something FBS versus FCS, we will talk about it. We will mention it. But for the most part, we're going to stick to the FBS games. And as the season goes on, it's all going to even out anyway, because those games are going to go away until the SEC plays them like, you know, second to last game of their seasons. Um, so moving forward here, we're going to just talk the FBS versus FBS for the most part and uh, show you how amazing our records get when we're not guessing at games. Um yeah, Mike, uh, my co-pilot, Protopapa, really good week. Uh, like I said, about nine games over 500. Um, we're holding it down over here. We're keeping it going. Hopefully you guys are getting involved, telling your friends. Uh, we do this stuff. We read all these teams. We know all these teams. We we preview them. We uh, we dig in, and, and we know what we're talking about. So get behind us a little bit. Uh, listenership's been going on. It's it, it going up. It's getting exciting here. So we're into it. We're here for it. You should be too. So tell a friend. Let's get going. Let's get into week two. Let's talk about the Thursday games. Um, sorry, no Thursday games, so we won't talk about them. We'll talk about the Friday games, though, on September 9th. There are two of them. We have Louisville at UCF uh, in the bounce house down there in uh, Florida, down here, I should say. It's about two and a half hours away from me. Um, okay, so this is a game I had projected like fairly even to start the season. One of my rules early in the season is no matter what you see, Unless you are 100% convinced, don't freak out. Don't go nuts. Don't overreact. Louisville got their shit pushed in this past weekend by Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is as bad as we thought they were going to be. As the season went on, I was listening to some other things, namely the guys over at SGPN. Love those guys. Colby Dant, Patty C, NC Nick, all do great work over there. Um, And tuning into them a little more, you know, I caught what they were saying with the the offensive coordinator coming over from uh, Virginia, uh, Robert and I, I believe. And, and I knew about Garrett Schrader being an athlete, uh, kind of like a Ryan, Han- Ryan, bleh, Ryan Tannehill type. Um, so I figured, you know, what they were saying made sense. Like they might run a little bit different of an offense. I was really surprised with the defense. That is the worry for me is that Cunningham was non-existent 
for Louisville in that game. Um, however, what I'm getting at here is UCF, Louisville, very close game last year. Um, and I still think these two teams, while I'm, I am like really high on UCF, I'm a little worried about how high I was on Louisville. I still think these teams are pretty even um, for now. So I'm going to take the six and a half points that UCF's laying. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Louisville plus six and a half. Um, <clears throat> I expect that line to go up further uh, as game as the game time comes, go up over a touchdown. So keep an eye on that. Maybe take it when it's over a touchdown. But I am taking the six and a half. Boise State at New Mexico. Boise State laying 16 and a half. Um, I'm actually going to take the points with New Mexico. This is right around what I projected uh, the line to be. So the line makes sense to me. Boise State beat New Mexico 37 to nothing last year. So there's that. But um, I don't think this New Mexico team is necessarily drastically improved. What I will say is that they've had full seasons in the off, uh, uh, full off seasons in the weight room this this past year, which is like the first time in two years they've had that. Um, so maybe a little bit of improvement there. But the big thing to me is that Rocky Long is the defensive coordinator for New Mexico. When Rocky Long has a team on the other side that runs a gimmicky offense, um, like Boise State runs the air raid. That's something he can key in on one one part of the game, and I, I think that really plays into New Mexico State's be- or New Mexico's benefit here. Um, I think they're going to be a little pass happy, like they were Week One against Oregon State. Now they were trailing a lot of that Oregon State game, so that could be part of the deal there. But they didn't have a whole hell of a lot of rushing attempts, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they stay a little pass happy here. Give me Boise State to win, but I think it's going to be a little closer than people are expecting. I am taking the sixteen and a half with New Mexico. All right, that's it for the Friday game, so let's get into Saturday. Uh, We're going to start off the action with a big one here, Alabama and Texas. Uh, This line already moving up a little bit, public getting pretty heavy on Alabama. I'm seeing it currently right now at 21, Alabama laying 21 at Texas. Um, Not as confident as I feel like I should be in this one, but I am going to lay the 21. We know Nick Saban always goes out there and he fucks these teams up early in the year that they're one marquee matchup of their non-conference schedule that it's always a bloodbath. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sold on this, but they don't, they don't go out of town a lot for these games. You know, that's, that's the thing. This is like their third or fourth conference road game in like Nick Saban's entire um, tenure there. This is like their third or fourth non-conference true road game. So I am a little concerned about that, but I, I, I don't know. I'm laying the points with Alabama here. Ohio State minus 44 at home against Arkansas State. I'm laying the 44. I don't think much of Arkansas State. I'm probably not going to bet this game if I'm being honest. I am on the side of Ohio State, though. Southern Miss at Miami. Um, Southern Miss still looking like they're going to have their struggles on offense. However, I was right about them keeping it close against Liberty. I don't think they're going to keep it close here against Miami, but I am going to go ahead and take the points here with Southern Miss. I'm going to say maybe they can – generate a little bit of offense that doesn't involve Frank Gore Jr. Um, but, uh, you know, the main thing is Miami has Texas A&M on deck. So I think this is a good spot for uh, Miami to look ahead a little bit, want to get done with things early, get it wrapped up. I'm going to go ahead and take the 26 points with Southern Miss. South Carolina at Arkansas. This is a pretty tough game to handicap. Um, the minus nine that Arkansas is laying right now, a little too short for my liking. I'm going to lay it, but if this goes up too much more, uh, I'm not going to like it as much. So Arkansas minus nine is my play there. Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Now the big news drops today. Sam Hartman's back, baby. Hartman for Heisman coming back in action. Mike got this one at minus eight. 
I bet it earlier at minus 10 before the Hartman news. Uh, I've seen it up as high as 13 now. Get it while it's hot. Get it before it gets too high. Wake Forest going to come out there. Fuck up Vanderbilt. Try to get it as low as you can, though. I got it at minus 10. Missouri at Kansas State. I am laying the seven and a half with Kansas State. No question. Uh, Missouri, they they covered for me week one. Thank you very much. I'm glad. But um, former Big 12 opponents, maybe K-State has a little chip on their shoulder about it. Uh, Missouri, the defense still a sieve. I don't trust it. I'm going to take Kansas State to get this one done. Duke at Northwestern. Right now I got Northwestern minus nine and a half. That is what I'm going to lay. Um, <clears throat> maybe not the highest confidence in the world, but I'm going to go ahead and lay it. I think I still think Duke's not a very good team. I think what we saw week one against Temple, that was more about Temple being terrible uh, than it is about Duke being decent. So um, Elko, good job there. Good start for the Duke program, but I'm going to lay the nine and a half with Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. OU at Penn State line at 24 and a half. Um, 25 actually is what I got it. Mike got it at 24 and a half. I am going to lay the 25 still with Penn State, though. Um, nothing crazy here. I just think Penn State's going to roll a little bit to start this season. So I'm going to lay the 25. UNC minus seven at Georgia State. I called this for an upset earlier in the year. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to definitely take the seven. Um, Mike got it at seven and a half. Good play there. I'm going to take the seven. Get it while it's hot. Um, yeah, North Carolina defense does not look good. Gene Chizik, I really thought was going to turn this thing around. Doesn't really look like it yet. Uh, it's been brutal. So I'm taking Georgia State here. I think the, the, the home environment's going to be fire. I'm going with it. UTSA minus two at Army. Uh, UTSA looked really good week one. They're, they're here. Uh, I, I did a preview on this on the college experience with Colby, the college football experience with Colby Dant, picked on D himself. And I like this team. I projected them to go 0-3 to start the year. Um, really close game against Houston. This one, Army kind of let me down last week. I mean, I did pick Coastal, but uh, I said it on the reaction show. Army cost me a $1,300 parlay. So I did expect Army to play Coastal Carolina a little tougher than they did. I know it, you know Coastal pulled away late, but still, I was a little disappointed in Army in week one. I thought they could have really won that game, and it was uh, a little more distant at the end of the game than I thought it would be. But I'm going to take Army to get this one done at West Point. Um, it's a far trip for UTSA. That's really what it boils down to. It's a far trip. So I'm going to take Army as the home dog. South Alabama at Central Michigan. Central Michigan minus four and a half. This line is throwing me a little bit. Um, I, I'm actually kind of high on South Alabama this year, you know, as far as I think they might, you know, get to bowl eligibility for the first time in program history. However, um, I like Central Michigan. I'm surprised to see this line so low. Maybe it's because uh, FA. No, I have no idea what the reason is. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm laying the four and a half with Central Michigan. I, I want to feel good about it. The line kind of stinks to me, but there we are. Uh, Western Michigan minus six and a half at Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. I'm gonna take the points hesitantly with Ball State. Uh, if I'm being 100 honest, I don't think much of either of these programs this year. I'm not huge on either one. So um, six and a half on the road seems a little crazy for a Western Michigan team that's pretty unproven so far. Uh, both teams, you know, played better power five opponents week one. So I don't know what we can know about these two teams really to say that they're a six and a half point favorite on the road other than Ball State's not bringing very much back. But Western Michigan's not bringing very much back either. So I'm going to take the six and a half. I feel all right about it. Marshall at Notre Dame. Notre Dame laying 20 and a half. Um, 
let this line go up a little bit. People might overreact to the fact that Notre Dame looked all right about against Ohio State. Hey, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I was happy they didn't get shelled, even though I picked them to get shelled. It was one of my losses this week. But um, I like Marshall to hang around in this game. Toledo did it last year. I think this Marshall team's pretty good. I think they can hang around in this game just long enough to cover this 20 and a half. I'm taking the points. App State at Texas A&M now. Um, A&M's just not impressing me yet again. Uh, they didn't look great against Sam Houston State. I, I get it. There was delays and, and you know, it was a sleepy spot, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's still the offense just doesn't look great to me. It doesn't look like it's clicking. I'm going to take App State to hang around in this game just like they always do with Power 5. Do I think they're going to win? No. Do I think that's insane that they could win? No. If they could score, this is going to be a ball game. So um, I'm taking the 18 that I'm seeing right now for App State. Tennessee minus seven at Pitt. I don't understand this line. I think the wrong team's favored. I think this line smells. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of it, uh, but I am going to take Pitt. I, I don't really I don't really understand why this line is where it's at. Now, that being said, I picked this game as a loss for Pitt in the preseason. So I do think they're going to lose it. But they beat Tennessee last year, and, and they just won and looked pretty good against West Virginia. So I really don't understand why they're a touchdown underdog at home for this game. But I do think Tennessee uh, probably gets it done. But I'm going to take the points with Pitt because unless you're trying to outsmart Vegas, which is which is what I guess you'd be doing if you take Tennessee, I don't really know another reason to take Tennessee here. Um, all right, so next game, Washington State at Wisconsin in Mad Madison Camp Randall. Uh, jump around is going to be in full effect, I am sure. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Washington State Cougars. Not a very impressive win week one against an FCS. Only won by a touchdown. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin, I still haven't seen anything from them in years saying that they could play good offense. They're going to have a good defense. They're probably going to win this game, you know, 80% chance, 85% chance they win this game. But I don't think they blow out Washington State here. Washington State, pretty decent defense there under Dickert. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the points, and I feel pretty good about it, if I'm being honest. Colorado at Air Force. Air Force laying 17. Too many points, I think. Um, yeah, I think Air Force is the much, much, much better team in this matchup. I really do. I think they're going to win the game, but 17 points for a triple option. Group of five against a power five. The line feels disrespectful. I'm, I'm taking that 17, and I feel fine with it. Memphis minus six at Navy. Um, we're in Annapolis here. Memphis is on a back-to-back -back road trip. They just lost a, uh, pretty handily to Mississippi State. I'm not high on this Memphis team. Now, Navy did just lose to an FCS, so I get it. I think the public's going to jump on Memphis pretty hard this game. I would go ahead and take whatever points you're getting with Navy as long as it doesn't start creeping down. But I think this could even be a spot for an outright upset, if I'm being honest. Maryland at Charlotte, Maryland laying 27 points. Um, this isn't a game I'm jumping out of my chair to bet, if I'm being honest, but Maryland, great offense. Charlotte, no defense whatsoever. Charlotte is an auto fade. I'm not touching the Charlotte 49ers until they show me that they can play FBS football. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and lay the 27 with Maryland. They could win this game by 100, <laughs> like seriously. Um, so next up, Akron, Michigan State. I'm going to take Akron. I'm going to take 34 and a half. No real reason. Um, this line's really high. Michigan State didn't blow me out of the water week one. So I'm going to go ahead and take the 34 and a half with Akron, but not much confidence there. Houston at Texas Tech. Texas Tech minus three. 
here's another spot. I think the wrong team is favored. I think Houston's the better team. I know Texas Tech beat them last year. Texas Tech, a lot of new stuff going on, new coach, new coordinator, so on and so forth. Um, I think Houston's the real deal this year. Do I think they're a playoff-level team? No, not quite, but I think they are like about top 15 talent as far as a program. Um, so I'm going to take them to get this one done over Texas Tech, plus three, and the money line, playing both. I'm good with it. UNLV at Cal. Cal laying 13. Um, I actually I do understand this line. This line makes sense as my prediction, predictions or projections go. Um, however, I'm going to lay the 13 with Cal. I feel pretty confident in it. UNLV looked good when they played uh, week zero. But this is a whole other level of competition. This isn't an FCS. This is this is a real team now. This is a team with a good defense. They're at home. I'm going to take Cal and lay the 13. Iowa State at Iowa. Now, Matt Campbell has not been able to beat Kirk Ferentz yet in his tenure at Iowa State. And I know Iowa is never a good offensive team. Um, they're not. This isn't a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise to me. But the fact that they couldn't score an offensive touchdown against an FCS opponent, a good FCS opponent, I get it. But still, you got to be able to put up some points, man. I laid 10 and a half in that game thinking like, Man, the public's getting a little cute. Like, they bet this from, like, 13 all the way down to, like, 10 when I got it. Like, fuck you. You're getting too cute out there. Like, I get it. It's Iowa. But come on. Whatever, man. This game's in Kinnick. Iowa State, a lot of new stuff going on with the program. I don't care. I'm taking the three and a half for sure. And I say sprinkle a little on that money line. I think this might be the first time Matt Campbell gets it done. All right. Virginia, Illinois. Illinois laying four and a half. Um, little surprised at the line, if I'm being honest. I did pick Illinois to get this game done in the preseason, so there's that. But I, I thought with the way that Virginia blew this team out last year, I know they lost their head coach and, and basically everything. I mean, I get that, other than you know some very key pieces on offense, namely the quarterback and, and all the receivers. Um, but I'm very surprised to see Illinois, especially dropping the Indiana game, I'm very surprised to see Illinois laying over a field goal I took the four and a half. Um, I'd say do the same thing before this game gets to around a field goal line, which I expect it to. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just a little too high right now, but I, I do think Illinois can get this one done. I wouldn't play the money line. Uh, next up, Middle Tennessee State at Colorado State. Colorado State is laying seven and a half, and I'm laying it. Middle Tennessee got shit wrecked by JMU. Now, look, I understand that was a really good spot for JMU. That's why I bet it. That's why I, it was one of my favorite plays. It was a really, really good spot for James Madison. However, <laughs> Middle Tennessee, you know, Ricky Stockstill, I like him, but he's got a lot of new pieces there. That team was raided by the transfer portal. A whole lot of new there. Not a lot of continuity for the Blue Raiders. And uh, I know there's not a lot of continuity on Colorado State side of the ball either, but there's a lot more talent, if I'm being honest. This is a far trip for Middle Tennessee. I'm going to lay the seven and a half, and I feel pretty good about it with the Rams there. Kansas at West Virginia. Proto Papa, Proto Papa, Proto Papa. When will you learn to stop picking against the Rock Chalk Jayhawk? I'm taking Kansas. I think uh, they can go ahead and, and game plan something up for what is a pretty bland Neil Brown program anymore. Um, I was very interested to see in the backyard brawl, and I'm not saying West Virginia underperformed in the backyard brawl. They played fine. Um, but I was very interested to see what Graham Harrell did with the offense and, and with JT Daniels. And what I saw was non-commit to the full air raid. I don't think that was like their sole game plan to go out there and sling the rock. 
but they also didn't commit to running the ball very much. It just still looked confusing to me. So that being said, I don't know. I think Kansas could scheme up for this game. I really do. I, I expect West Virginia to win it, but I'll take the 13. And and if that line goes up over two touchdowns, especially, I, I like the Jayhawks here. I'm going to go against Protopapa with my boys yet again. I think Leipold could scheme something up to hang with Neil Brown. I wouldn't even mind a little sprinkle on that money line. I know I would have liked it a lot more if West Virginia would have won that pick game. Um, but I still think Kansas could get this one done potentially. I picked Kansas to go over the win total. What was it? Two and a half. This could be the third win that I was seeing on the schedule. It could be. I didn't pick it that way preseason, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened that way this week. Old Dominion at East Carolina. East Carolina, heartbreaking loss in NC State week one. Um, missed an extra point to tie the game up, 21-21. Broke my heart because I had him on the money line, but, hey, it was also one of my favorite plays, plus the points that covered for me there. Um, I'm taking the ECU to get this one done. 12 and a half seems like I was expecting a little more of an overreaction on the Old Dominion side of things by Vegas, and maybe we'll, we will see that with the gambling public. Maybe the public will drive this line down a little bit, but uh, I think ECU is the much better team. I think Old Dominion, yeah, they went bowling last year, but they beat a lot of shitty teams. And uh, I think that win, you know, I, I didn't see anything out of Old Dominion was like, oh, this team's fucking good. It was more that Virginia Tech is not good, if you ask me. Um, offensively, they look completely inept, which is supposed to be Ricky Ronnie's, like, forte. Um, I get it. Virginia Tech, traditionally a good program defensively. I get that. And I get that they're the power five versus the group of five, but I, they looked really, really inept on offense. So, um, I think ECU can get this one done by a few scores here. So I, I feel all right to lay the 12 and a half. UAB minus six and a half at Liberty. I'm surprised to see this line going up so much. Like uh, maybe people are reacting to Liberty just squeaking one out over Southern Miss, which, okay, I get that. You know, it was on the road for one. Southern Miss has a lot of talent for two. Um, maybe they were looking at the fact that Southern Miss wasn't a very good team last year. And I, I can understand that. Um, but I said it in the preseason. Southern Miss could be could be a surprise to a lot of people, including myself. I didn't pick. I think I picked them five and seven or something. But they have a lot of talent on that team. If they got a fucking quarterback, <laughs> they would be okay. So um, the defense held strong. Frank Gore Jr. still looks sweet. I'm not surprised Liberty played a close game in Hattiesburg, which is a pretty good college environment. UAB, on the other hand, fucked up an FCS program. Good for you. It was an FCS program. So. Liberty beat UAB in their first game at their new stadium last year on the road. Um, and I think Liberty could win this game again. I'm not taking it money line, but I am taking the six and a half points. I think that's too many points for UAB to be laying on the road right now, especially with Bill Clark out, new head coach in, uh, Vincent, the coordinator. So um, first true road game here, I'm going to take the six and a half with Liberty. I like it. Kent State at Oklahoma, Oklahoma laying 32 and a half. Not going to talk a whole lot about this one. Kent State has some fireworks on offense that they could pump out every now and then. Um, Oklahoma beat UTEP by 32. I honestly think Kent State's a little bit better than UTEP. I'm going to go ahead and take Kent State. Uh, I, I think they just have a little more explosive ability than UTEP does on that side of the ball. Plus, you know, hey, Nebraska's next week for Oklahoma. They got some things. They got some homework to get ready for that big fucking powerful juggernaut that Scott Frost is running out there in Lincoln. Man, has he disappointed me so far. <laughs> All right, Kent State plus 32 and a half. Nothing special for me there. 
Florida minus four and a half in the swamp against Kentucky. Now, normally, this would be a spot where I would say, all right, you know, Kentucky was really good last year. Florida really wasn't. They got a new head coach, um, but still, like, college football is college football, and Kentucky doesn't go on the road and win these games in the swamp very often. Um, Here's the thing. I'm not going to call for them to win outright, but Florida just got a really big emotional win over Utah, a team that everybody was saying they were going to lose to. I like a little bit of a letdown spot. I don't know if Florida's gonna gonna lose outright. I don't know if Kentucky's gonna win outright, but I think the four and a half, I think that's too many points. I think you take the points with the Wildcats here. So Kentucky plus four and a half, that's my play there. Syracuse minus 23 at UConn. I am taking UConn plus 23. Syracuse big win last week. I wouldn't be entirely shocked if Jim Moore and the Huskies got this win, to be honest. Uh, I know I just talked some good things at the beginning of this episode, you know, talking Louisville. I said some good things about Syracuse, and, and I'm not backtracking on those, but this is a weird spot. Um, it's it's a weird spot. UConn's been playing pretty good football. Uh, Syracuse has Purdue on deck, which would be another pretty big win for them. I, I don't know that they're like 100% looking to this game to be a challenge, but I think this game will be. So I'm going to take UConn plus the 23. I, I feel strangely good about it, so. All right, UMass at Toledo. Toledo laying 28 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take UMass here. Um, it's not a strong play for me. However, I will say LIU, the FCS that Toledo played last year, they hung around in that game for quite a while. It was pretty surprising to me. I expected Toledo to blow their doors off. Um, LIU, pretty new football program to the FCS level. So, um, you know, I'm going to take UMass plus the 28 and a half just on those grounds, just that Toledo didn't impress me yet. I got to see it first. Let's let's do this, Toledo. Prove me wrong. Northern Illinois catching six off of Tulsa. Um, another game, I think the wrong team is favored. Uh, I, I get it. It's a far trip. But what have we seen from Tulsa that should make the minus six? I'm a little worried the public's going to go crazy because we just saw Tulsa lose to Wyoming, which we also saw Wyoming get their ass beat in week one or week zero. Now, I did tell you, don't overreact. I took Wyoming to get that one done last week. I wasn't surprised by the result. I'm surprised by this line in particular in reaction to that result. I'm surprised Tulsa is minus six. Um, I'm taking the six with NIU. I don't know which way the public's really going to drive this game, but I think the wrong team's favored. I will say that much. Eastern Michigan at Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette laying 11 and a half. Now, I'm also surprised with this one. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette was playing in FCS, Southeast Louisiana, which I know is a good FCS, but they were only laying 14 points in that game. And I was surprised because Vegas set the over under for ULL at eight and a half. So I was like, okay, you think they're a nine win team, but you only think they're two touchdowns better than an FCS. Now you're playing Eastern Michigan, who you thought was only like, uh, what, 10 points it ended up being against Eastern Kentucky, maybe even a little less, uh, at home. Eastern Michigan only laying, you know, less than two touchdowns at home against an FCS. Now they're on the road against a team that you picked to win, you know, eight and a half or more, you know, eight and a half games was your line for your over under. And they're only 11 and a half. So I'm really confused by what Vegas is doing with Louisiana Lafayette, but I am going to go ahead and take the 11 and a half from Eastern Michigan. I think they're, they're prone to play close games. They're a tough, they're a tough max school for, for being a max school. So it is what it is. I, I kind of like getting the 11 and a half here. I think it could be really, really interesting. Um, Florida international, Texas state, Texas state laying 13 and a half. 
Uh, I think Jake Spavadol is going to get fired. I think FIU is a really bad football team. I think Texas State is a really bad football team. Um, I'm going to take the 13 and a half, whatever, two shitty teams. I'm going to take the points, and and, and I'm not going to actually bet it. So there you have it. Arizona State at Oklahoma State. I'm going to take Arizona State here. Um, I keep betting Arizona State on the grounds of, like, the uncertainty of, you know, is Herm Edwards going to get fired? What are these transfers? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. The team went over their win total last year. They looked all right. The team came out. They blew out NAU first week of the season this year. I don't know. Herm Edwards is still the coach as of now. They're still a talented team as of now, even with all the transfers. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go off the assumption that this is a talented Arizona State team. I know it's also a good Oklahoma State team, but they lost their coordinator, Jim Knowles. Um, so I'm going to say Arizona State's going to keep it within the 11. I, I'm not super confident in it, but uh, I, I don't feel comfortable laying that 11 points against Arizona State right now. However, I do feel comfortable laying nine with USC against Stanford. Um, I know this is kind of a tricky spot for them. I know they tend to struggle with Stanford. But I think week one, we saw that uh, USC is willing to come out and fuck a team up. So uh, come get your Stanford. I think USC, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, they're going to come out. They're going to show you what's up. They're going to get it done. San Jose State at Auburn. Auburn laying 23. I'm going to take the 23 points with San Jose State. They have gone into SEC territory and beat a uh, less than stellar SEC team before when they went to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas. Um, I don't necessarily think San Jose State's going to get the win outright against Brian Harson and Auburn, but I think they're going to keep it close enough. So I am going to take the 23 points with San Jose State. Getting into the end of the schedule now, um, we are going to go to, let me see, Georgia Southern playing Nebraska. Nebraska is now laying 23. This line opened up around 21. It's gotten bet up a little bit. Get it while it's hot. Um, I do like Nebraska to come out and fuck up Georgia Southern. I know uh, Oklahoma's on deck. I know that's a really big game. I know it's a little bit of a look-ahead spot. However, Georgia Southern switching from the triple option uh, to go to an air raid scheme. Their linemen should be very, very, very overmatched in this game. I know I've just ripped on Scott Frost like earlier in this very podcast, um, but I can't quit you. I can't quit you, Scott Frost. I keep taking you. I am going to take Nebraska to lay this 23 and get this big win done over Georgia Southern. Not high on the Eagles this year. I don't think much of them. I think it's very tough to switch from the triple option. I think they're going to be very undersized in the trenches for this matchup against Nebraska. I'm going to go ahead and lay that 23. Michigan, Hawaii, Michigan, laying 51. Here's all I'm going to say about this game. There's no reason to take Hawaii other than, holy shit, it's 51 points. There's no legitimate logistical reason, <laughs> logical reason to take Michigan or uh, to take the points with Hawaii. Um, Michigan's trying a lot of things out on offense. Uh, McCarthy getting the start this week already looked better than McNamara, McNamara in week one. I think he's going to look really good this week against a really bad Hawaii team. Um, I'm not really scared of the backdoor cover or anything here. I think Michigan racks up points without even trying. Basically, uh, I think they're going to fuck Hawaii up. Boston College, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech laying three. Um, very curious to see what the gambling public does here. Virginia Tech just lost to a G5 team. Boston College just lost a home game against Rutgers. Very interested to see what the public's going to have to say about this. 
very surprised to see Virginia Tech laying three without an overreaction to week one. Hey, it's Boston College. They do this shit. This is what Boston College does. They lose dumbass games that they shouldn't lose. Greg Schiano is a pretty good coach. He's he's good at beating teams that aren't stellar with way inferior levels of talent. So I'm not I, – I, it was like a lock of mine week one for Boston College to cover the seven, but I'm not shocked that they lost outright. I'm really not. I think it's a good bounce back spot for Boston College. I'm interested to see what the gambling public does, but here's what I'm going to say. Wrong team favored. Boston College, take the three, play a little bit of money line, watch what the public does. Don't get too crazy because this is a little, little bit smelly of a line to me still. Um, but, hey, I'm on Boston College here. New Mexico State, UTEP. <laughs> here I go again. Just the last podcast when I recorded, I said, I'm putting New Mexico State in auto fade. One more week. This is a rivalry game. I'm not impressed by UTEP yet. They're laying 14 this is a rivalry game. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the 14 points with New Mexico State. I'm going to trust Jerry Kill to stop playing Diego Pavia. The dude is not good. He's not an FBS quarterback. Stop playing that man. Just roll out that ginger freshman. Save us all the headache of watching Diego Pavia play football. It's over. Let him go back to wrestling. I don't know. Cool story, kid, but you suck. I'm done with it. I'm taking the 14 with New Mexico State. One more week, Jerry Kill. One more week. Baylor at BYU, BYU laying three and a half. Um, I picked this game for BYU as a revenge game uh, in the offseason. They lost this game last year in Waco. I think they're going to get it done in Provo. I'd feel comfortable going up to about a touchdown, the three and a half. I know that's tricky with the hook there, but uh, I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay it. I feel pretty good about it. I think BYU is going to get this one done. For some reason, I can never just be a Baylor believer. I know they won the Big 12 last year. Something about that team just never convinces me. Um, I think Dave Aranda is doing a really good job there. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, but I'm going to lay the points with BYU. I'm, I'm more of a believer in that team this year. I feel okay laying it. Fresno State, Oregon State. Man, in the preseason, I picked this exact thing to happen. I picked Oregon State to beat Boise, and I picked them to lose to Fresno. Oregon State's laying one on the road at Fresno. They've actually never beat Fresno. Um in, Cal- in, in Fresno at Bulldog Stadium. They've never beat them there. So I'm going to go with tradition. I'm going to say Fresno gets this one done. However, as good as Oregon State looked against Boise, as bad as they made Boise look, I don't know. Maybe Boise's just actually not good this year. Maybe Avalos is still closer to that 7-5 and five coach we saw last year. I, I don't know. Oregon State looked really fucking good, though. I'm going to give the win to Fresno here. It's, it's hesitant, though. Hesitant. Mississippi State minus... 11 against Arizona uh, in Tucson, last game of the night. I know it's very scary to take an SEC team on the road, especially a pretty far trip there out to to Tucson. But um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay the points. Arizona got a big win week one. They looked really good. And I think they are a pretty good football team this year. Not, not, you know, it's not going to be reflected in the record. I don't think they're going bowling, but I think they're going to be more competitive. However, I think Leach has this Mississippi team, State team going a little bit, and I feel pretty good laying the 11. I feel okay about it. I think they're going to cover that. I'm hoping the gambling public influences this line a little bit and brings it down after Arizona went out there and, and you know stomped a mud hole in San Diego State's ass. But you know, to be honest, I was really high on the San Diego State over 7.5, and, and that's more of a play on Brady Hoke uh, and, and what he historically does, especially with that program. But um, – 
they have a lot of new pieces there in San Diego State. That game was really hot. The fans didn't show up at the new Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, you know, and Arizona State or Arizona, I'm sorry, has brought in good talent like Jaden Delora, uh, that that freshman McMillan looked really good. Jacob Cowing, the transfer from UTEP, looked really good. So um, Arizona has pieces, but I think they're still a little match, outmatched in this game. I think Mississippi State's going to be firing on all cylinders. I think they're going to kind of blow them out a little bit here in this late night Pac-12 game. All right, that does it for my picks. You know what? I'll give you a couple bonus, too. I'm not picking the FCS, FBS games, but I'll give you a couple bonus that are from those that slate. Um, Rice is laying a short line. Where is it? Nine and a half against McNeese. I like Rice to get that one done. I know they just got fucked up by USC. I know they're not a very good group of five team, but I think Bloomgren is a good enough coach to be able to comfortably lay that line. So I'm going to roll with it. Also, UL Monroe, two and a half against Nichols. Uh, I'm going to lay the two and a half with ULM. I think they're going to get it done. I think Terry Bowden's a good enough coach that uh, Boogie Knight and the boys will get it done out there. I love Boogie Knight at wide receiver. Shout out Wolf of Oaklawn, uh, Chase Sessoms. We're both big uh, Boogie Knight guys, and Proto Papa is too. So uh, still looking forward to that Boogie Knight versus Kool-Aid McKinstry matchup when ULM plays Alabama later in the year. Um, final one, Bowling Green laying six against Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky kept it close last week against EMU. Bowling Green, not a very good uh, power or group of five team. However, six points, I think they can get that one done. They've been showing steady improvement under Leffler. Um, I'm not a Leffler believer. I think he could get fired here sooner rather than later. But there is a lot of returning production on that Bowling Green team. EKU, they had their shot against Eastern Michigan last week. Played them close, got the backdoor cover. Good for you. But uh, I think Bowling Green can get that game done by more than a touchdown. All right, that is going to do it for the week two picks for Coastal Covers podcast. Make sure you catch Proto Papa's part two of uh, the picks. We will be back together next week to record, so it'll all be good there. You can find me on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. The podcast page is at Coastal Covers 24. And until next week, good luck, and uh, I will see you next time.